Welcome to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets have the night off. They played in Philly last night, lost in overtime to the Flyers 4-3. And there are two games left on the schedule. The first one is tomorrow night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then on Friday night, the Buffalo Sabres come in for the last game of the season. Bob McGilligan and Jody Shelley with you right now. And uh, Jody, of those two games, we can tell you right now, the Buffalo game means nothing to the Buffalo Sabres. They've now been eliminated from playoff contention. As far as tomorrow night's game or not, uh, will that matter for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Not if Montreal loses to the New York Islanders tonight. The Islanders will grab the final wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference, and the Penguins will be done after 16 straight seasons in the playoffs. And speaking of Pittsburgh, coming up later on the show, we're going to talk with Mark Madden, who is a uh, host on the Penguins flagship station, 105.9 The X in Pittsburgh. We'll talk all, all about Pittsburgh, what's going on there, and what to look for uh, tomorrow night. But first, let's go back to last night. In Philadelphia against the Flyers, Blue Jackets get up 2 to nothing in that game. The Flyers come back and tie it, eventually take the lead, and then Sean Corrali scores in the third period, which ends up forcing overtime. And one of the, honestly, the ugliest overtimes I've seen since they've gone three-on-three three in overtime, but... Uh, Owen Tippett gets his second goal of the game to uh, win it for the Philadelphia Flyers. And again, we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks. It's one of these situations where you go into the game actually not in last place because you have one more game, or Chicago's played one more than you. So they're sitting in last place, and you're going, there's a point. Now, where's that going to put you as far as the draft lottery and your best chances at whatever you want to get? And then we go downstairs and find out that Chicago – has beaten Pittsburgh 5-2, to two, and that point that you got doesn't matter. You're back in last place. Your chances are still good. And I'm going to tell you, when this is over on Friday night, I'm going to be so happy because I am so tired of having to think if you lose, it could be better than if you win. It is just wearing me out after all these months. How it's, about you? It's where we're at, Bob. And, and you know, you got to think to May – and the odds, May 8th, when the, the lottery is, the, the NHL does the lottery and you have 25.5% chance of getting that number one pick, Connor Bedard, unquestionable pick there, uh, or you've fallen. I mean, it, it, once you know you can't finish past third, which is better, if you're bottom three in the league, you won't drop further than that. That's a win, first of all. And then, of course, you want the best odds. And we'll talk about it out of the room freely because – you know, th that's the reality of the organization. This is a season that's completely lost. Uh, the expectations were to be where the Penguins are and, and knocking on the door for a playoff spot and maybe a wild card team or, or in the chase at least. And these players are not going to experience that. And, and But in the locker room, they're just doing their job as best as they can, and, and they don't really care about the odds. And uh, so for us, yeah, I mean, I, I, it'll wear me out. It's been wearing me out a little bit too, uh, to, to be honest. And, and you, you know, you, you get the point and, and you put the headset down and you feel disappointed, and I'm sure the fans do too. But then you see Chicago gets the win, and you're like, okay, now you've got that 30-second spot locked up, the best odds in the lottery draft. Lottery draft. Uh, and you're hoping the team comes out and puts out a great effort the last two home games. The fans deserve it, but also you'd like to see Pittsburgh and Buffalo win and then the season done and wait till May 8th because to salvage the season, to, to, to put this organization in a spot it's never been, uh, you get that first pick and you look at some of the pieces that are here, there's a completely different feeling uh, on this com on this organization, not from just within, but from outside of the market too. The world will now be looking at 
it'll put you on the map as far as getting that that coveted uh, pick in Connor Medard, and then it's all worth it. But for game 81, and let's go back 10 games. I mean, let's go back to 15 games. It's been that, you know, you kind of keep an eye on it, but now it's real. And game 81 and 82, uh, it'll be worth it if they get the losses you know, come May 8th, if they do take care of that. Yeah, it's uh, – and, and again, it, it just does – that part of it needs to end. As far as the the other part of it, uh, you know, you'll miss the players when the season's over. You miss the interaction of being around each other, all of that stuff. That that part I don't think anybody wants to end. But this whole having to – or feeling like you want to lose instead of win, that part, that, that's just got to end. But and as you said, though, the players don't feel like that. And last night was a great example yeah, of that. Yeah, it's crazy. Because it, Sean Corrales, and I think I said this on last week's show, was, you know, if you if you really want to finish last, you can't play Boone Jenner and you can't play Sean Corrales because they will not let it happen if they have any control of it. Last night, Boone Jenner's a late scratch. He doesn't play in the game. And Sean Corrales kind of takes his place in the lineup. He plays between Gaudreau and Marchenko for a lot of the game. He gets the net front position on the power play, and he tips in a goal to tie the game. Uh, again, so, you know, players like that, it's about the game. It's not about you – know, they they know. A guy like that knows that if you can get a, a coveted draft pick, that it's going to make you better for next year and beyond. But it's not about that. It's about competing and winning in the moment. Bob, we had an alumni skate today, and once you put the equipment on, you don't go out there and hope not to score goals and not to win. I don't care what level of sport or what sport you're playing. I I can tell you any sport I play, I want to win, but especially hockey. And so, yeah, they put the equipment on. Sean Crowley gets his first career power play goal last night. He gets an opportunity to play in that position. He was excited. And listen, the coaches have prepared all day. They'll prepare all morning tomorrow to come out tomorrow and coach these guys for a win. And there's personal uh, goals for the team, and it's a dangerous spot because they know in two days that the season is gone. It's over. And you've got players that will be back from Cleveland who just got sent down again today, earlier today. This is a dream they're living. This is an opportunity. The next opportunity is training camp for the guys that are resigned here with the Blue Jackets. Maybe the guys that don't have contracts that are, are you are uh, going to be not qualified. Maybe they're showcasing themselves for the scouts that have been. There's been a lot of scouts following this team. There's going to be players that they want to watch. So it, it's just yeah, that's the reality of where we're at. It's odd to talk to about it with our fans, and this is a position that this organization hopes to never be in again. Right. And while they are in this position, what they're also hoping for is to see these guys play in the NHL and try to figure out. This should help with the depth chart and figuring out what you really have in the organization. You mentioned five guys get sent back today. David Yurchek, Jake Christensen, uh, Josh Dunn, Trey Fix-Wolanski, and who am I missing on that list? Uh, uh, The other guy. Christensen, you said. Yeah, Yeah. there's five of them. Oh, it was uh, Carson Meyer. Carson Meyer. Yeah, thank you very much. These guys, with the exception of Carson Meyer and maybe Christensen, because I think he missed out on one of these. But yesterday we were at the hotel, and I I got in the elevator with Josh Dunn to go down to the bus in the afternoon, and I said, Josh, you're getting quite a few games in here at the end of the year, huh? And he just laughed, and he goes, yeah, it's great. But in all honesty, I think last night was the fourth game in five days for those guys. Uh, There's back-to-back games. They they could wind up coming up with, uh, you know, depending on when they play here, they go back to Cleveland and play, try to get the Monsters into the playoffs. Quite a number of games for that group of guys here in the last two weeks. Think about where they're at. 
they go down, they're in a playoff race, so the guy's back in the room, they're in the lineup, they're playing power play, they're playing top minutes, and then the next day they know they're going back to the National Hockey League to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Buffalo Sabres. And it's exciting. I mean, they got to be excited. And if they get in the playoffs, think the juice they'll have, the confidence they'll have, uh, knowing that they gave their best up here and it got a good meeting on the way out and – you know, it, it's a unique situation, but I remember being a player in the American Hockey League and, and watching players get called up and being – the fire in my belly got even bigger because I want to be called up. I want to make – you know, I want to be in the NHL. I want to make that money. I want to, you know, finish strong. And, and that's why they're down there working, but at the same time, it's got to be – they're in a unique position because I remember watching guys bat, walk back in the locker room from the National Hockey League, too, and every time they came back, they were a little bit taller, uh, they had a little more swagger, and they had a lot more respect in the locker room. It, it's a really good situation for them. And who do, who wants to practice? Play hockey games. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like playing hockey games. Practice is over this yeah, time of year. Especially after you have 75 games in. Nobody yeah, wants to practice. It's, it's, right? it's over. It's sun's out. Come on. Let's just play hockey. Now, because that group got sent back, another group has to come up tomorrow, and it's not going to be the same group. The Blue Jackets are giving the Cleveland Monsters every opportunity to get into the playoffs. So here are the call-ups for tomorrow's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. First of all, Michael Puthia is coming up. Saw him in the development camp, saw him in early training camp. He's only been with the Monsters for six games, and he's scored three goals since he's been there. Yuna Luoto is coming back up. Tyler Angle is going to come up for the first time this season. Billy Sweezy is returning to the Blue Jackets along with Samuel Kanashko. And the highlight here is Stanislav Svozil, who was just eliminated from the playoffs in the Western Hockey League yesterday. He played for the Regina Pats. Of course, he's a teammate with Connor Bedard. They got knocked out of the playoffs in seven games, and he is going to be coming in. And I'll tell you what, he had a great season in the Western Hockey League with 11 goals, 67 assists, for 78 points, and that made him the third highest scorer amongst defensemen in that league. So those are the guys that you'll see tomorrow. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Mark Madden out of Pittsburgh, previewing the game against the Penguins tomorrow night as the Inside Edge continues here on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets are getting set to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins tomorrow night at Nationwide Arena for the Penguins. Are they going to be in the playoff race or are they going to be out by that point? Because if the New York Islanders get uh, the job done tonight against Montreal, Pittsburgh will be outside and won't be able to get back in. Right now we're joined by Mark Madden, who hosts the show every day on the Penguins flagship station, 105.9 The X. And Mark... What happened last night against the Chicago Blackhawks who came in and beat the Penguins 5-2? to two? Well, first off, you guys should be happy because you got a better chance of getting Bedard now. Uh, what a loss for the Penguins because it you know, pretty much knocks them out of playoff contention barring uh, Montreal doing them a favor by beating the Islanders. But what a loss for the Blackhawks too because they went from pole position to drafting Bedard at like 20, uh, what was it, 25.5%. Now they're down like eight percentage points from that from having beat the Penguins. Now, as far as what happened in that game, the Penguins just aren't a very good team. Uh, they're top-heavy. I think the Crosby, Malkin, and Latang did everything they could to try to drag a mediocre team into playoffs. But you guys, guys like Petrie and Grandland and Carter, these these old warriors, yeah, they, they old all right. They're just dead weight. And you look at Granlin, you got him in the deadline, at the deadline, he has one goal in 20 games. 
You know, it just it just so many guys have left the Penguins on so badly, but but not the top three. I don't think Jari had a bad game too. He's not a winning goaltender. He's got talent. He's got stats. He won't win big games. When you talk about the big three, Latang, Malkin, Crosby, the focus in the summertime was to keep the band together. Uh, there were some thoughts about uh, Malkin and Latang going elsewhere. It didn't happen. They kept them on the same team. They got them all re-upped. But, Mark, when they did that, was there too much focus on that and less focus in other areas, uh, essentially in the bottom six forwards? Well, I don't think keeping uh, Malkin and Latang because they had to be resigned. I don't think that crippled them financially. They were each only getting $6.1 million, which is reasonable for a, a number one defenseman of Latang and a guy who averaged the point per game in Malkin. Um, so I, I would have traded Malkin back in 18 or 19, you know, which is when the Penguins stopped winning playoff series. I would have, you know, rebuilt with, with younger guys for another run around Sid that maybe you could, you know, build around Sid that maybe you could be capitalizing on right now. But, but if you kept those guys around till now, it made sense to keep them, you know, uh, further because, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, those guys aren't really tradable. We, you know, they have no movement causes in the first place. You know, but they're they're past their prime. They they could jump on a team that's a contender at the end of the season as a rental and help out. But Latang, my God, he signed for five more years. So uh, I, I don't think that signing them was a mistake. But I think keeping the whole group together past 18 or 19 won. Mark Madden, our guest out of Pittsburgh, super genius there. And, and we appreciate your time, Mark. Listen, I want to know something about this team in, in Pittsburgh because it seems like you can watch a game and see two completely different teams on the ice, one that's interested and engaged and one that is just waiting and, and, and kind of going through it. What what is happening there? Why, do you have any sense of why that is happening? I agree with you, Shell, but I, I think it's more. I don't know if it's engagement. I just think we have a a very small, physically weak team that can engage. I mean, we play the equivalent of men's league no check. So I, I think that's part of it. But, but I know what you mean. I mean, the guys I mentioned before, Carter, Petrie, Granlin, they look only vaguely interested, and you know. We have a disease here in Pittsburgh. It's happened before. When when the Penguins won in 09 and they added new players, those new players acted like they had been there when we won. Matt Niskin was a good example of that. He acted like he had been a part of things before he got there. And now you've got guys like Petrie, Carter, and Granlin, and I hate to keep picking on them, but I'm going to because they stink. And, 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 you know, Jeff Carter, he won a couple cups in L.A. That means nothing to Pittsburgh. Petrie's just awful. Granlin's just awful. And, you know, I mean, I, I can't blame Josh Archibald, for example, fourth line right wing. I can't blame him for being awful because he makes 900K. But if I'm not mistaken, the three guys I've been harping on make $15 million between them. Them I can blame. So in terms of the engagement thing, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so you play. You could, you could tell me. I, I think the team has good leadership. I think Crosby's good captain. But what they lack that the Penguins have had in the past is an in-your-face kind of lieutenant to Crosby, like like Billy Guerin was uh, during his run at the end of his career, and going back even further, like Rick Tockett, who would give a guy a hard time in the dressing room that wasn't coming through and, and create a little bit of unpleasantry. I think good dressing rooms, I think dressing rooms with concrete 
deep leadership have those unpleasant moments, and the team improves as they try to remedy them. And I don't think we have that in Pittsburgh right now. And, and to add on that, and, and I, I couldn't agree with you more because it is a team sport and the roles need to be taken away, not away, but off of Crosby's shoulders a little bit, allow some depth scoring. We always talk about that. But, of course, the intangibles in the locker room. And when I see Sidney Crosby, I think there's a slippery slope there because does he appear a little bit hard done by with the clientele around him? Uh, you mean in terms of the quality or in terms of the, the, the quality? The quality of the pieces oh, yeah, that have been sure, added. Sure. And although, you see it in although, his game a little bit at times. Just moments where... The important skill of keeping a play alive or reading off of him, it's a its a heavy task. And there's been a lot of players that have tried to do it. Gensel's been one that's hung in there. But that's a tall task and a demanding task on that team. And I feel like if he doesn't have someone at least on the ice there, and you mentioned the guy in the locker room, there's more on his plate than we know. Yeah, there's no question about that. And uh, if he did wilt under the burden, the mental burden, uh, I, I wouldn't blame him, although I, I think if that happened, it was sparingly and very late in the season. Certainly not last night. He had eight shots, and he had a great game at Detroit on Saturday when they won. But, yeah, I agree with all that. What he needs on his line is some size. And, like, you know, he has Gensel who takes a beat. I mean, that kid has a lot of courage, a lot of goals, too. But Brian Rust is a ham and egger. He won the linemate lottery and got a big contract because of it. I don't begrudge him that. But, yeah, there's too much physical burden. Maybe that's the best way to put it, Shell. Too much physical burden when Crosby plays five-on-five because he has to, you know, assume the grinders part of it, too. He not only has to provide the skill but work down low, and, yeah, maybe that is unfair. Uh, Did you expect this team to be in this position? Like, where did you expect them to be when they started the season? Before the season, I said they were a borderline playoff team that could be a wild card at best, and, and here we are. I just think the path to which they failed is the frustrating part. And then they came out of the gate extremely hot. Crosby was the talk of the league early, and it was surprising because there was a lot of talk of them being too old, just like almost like the Capitals. But there was a point in the season where you believed that they would have been in the playoffs, right? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, you look at some of the losses. They, you know, they, they blew three leads to the Islanders this year. If they win one of those games, they're in the playoffs. Uh, they lost. They got swept by Montreal three straight games. There was a game at home about a month ago where they led two nothing in the first five minutes and trailed four two at the end of one and lost six four. That's unbelievable. They lost to San Jose at home. You, there, there are any number of heartbreaking losses, just soul crushing defeats. You can go back and name. And in, in the post game last night, I asked Mike Sullivan, I go, "Is there a pattern to you losing?" A, a number of games to teams you were heavily favored to beat. And he just didn't have an answer for that. I mean, you know, he wasn't mad about the question, but uh, it is curious to be sure. Uh, they've had losing streaks this year of 7-6, 4 and 4 and yet they almost made it to playoffs. Again, a very intriguing season. I, I think not only hockey analysts should, should figure out what happened, but maybe Sigmund Freud, maybe psychologists, something like that. What about goaltending? I mean, that's got to be the one of the big – Big points here. Yeah, Jari's not a winning goaltender. Like I said earlier, he if you score six, he'll let in seven. If you score one, he'll let in two. He, sco- he allowed a goal last night facing his own net. Okay, I could go tonight to youth hockey games. Well, the season's over, but you know what I mean. Youth hockey games are on Pittsburgh. 
you wouldn't see a, a peewee goalie facing his own net. He just makes egregious mistakes at bad times and has done so since he took over as the number one goalie. He's a free agent at season's end. I would let him walk. I'd bring in, uh, as a free agent, your old guy, Corpus Allo. I mean, he gets hurt less. I would trust him more than I trust Dark. We're talking with Mark Madden from 105.9 The X in Pittsburgh. We'll continue our conversation here on the Inside Edge on 97.1 The Fan. We're talking to Mark Madden out of Pittsburgh here tonight on the Inside Edge. Mark, we've talked all about the Penguins players. Let's talk about the Penguins management right now because obviously there's, uh, you know, they're under the microscope. There have been times we were there. Uh, the Blue Jackets, the last time they were there, got out to a 4 to nothing lead over the Penguins. And even though the Penguins came back and won the game, there were the fire Hextall chants that were going on in the stands there. Ron Hextall is the general manager. Brian Burke is the president of Hockey Operations. There's a new ownership group now this year with Fenway Sports having taken over from uh, Mario Lemieux's group over the course of the last year or so. So what do you think is going to happen? Make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs for the Pittsburgh Penguins. What do you see happening in the front office when it's all over? Uh, they're going to get fired, Burke and Hextall. They should. They've done a horrific job. Uh, just the players I mentioned, the acquisition, Petrie, Granlin, Carter, you know, the contract to Kapanen to McGinn that they were lucky to get rid of. Hextall's just done a terrible, terrible job. I think he's the worst uh, general manager in Penguins history, and I don't say that lightly because we've had some real beauties. Uh, so uh, I would fire them Friday. I would fire them the day after the season. They should have nothing to do with the exit process. It should be let known that the season was unacceptable, that the job they did was unacceptable, and I'd go about getting the next guy. I think the job Hextall does has been inexcusable. And uh, to quote Moneyball, the next job he should get should be a dick sporting goods. He's not qualified to be a general manager in this league. Let me ask you about the draft. Are you a conspiracy theorist kind of guy where, you know, all, all season as we've gone through this here in Columbus, we've been to other buildings, and I have people telling me all the time, doesn't matter if you finish last, you're not going to get them. They're going to make sure that uh, Chicago gets them, big market gets them, this and that. You know, you know the Penguins, um, they were quote-unquote lucky enough to get Sidney Crosby right at the time that they needed him. Are you a conspiracy theorist or do you think the Blue Jackets have a legit chance, if they finish last, of getting Connor Bedard? I think the Blue Jackets have a legit chance. I don't believe in the conspiracy stuff uh, simply because if, if that existed, the Penguins would not have gotten Crosby. Don't forget, that lottery back then, that wasn't a based on finishing last lottery. That was a random draw lottery because the season has been canceled because of the, the uh, lockout. So any team could have got Crosby. If there was, a, if there was a, a conspiracy, he would have gone to New York and the league would have been better for it. But uh, so, no, I... I don't believe in that. The one thing I do find interesting, and, and don't forget, there's a pretty good consolation prize. This Fantilli kid from Michigan is an awesome player, and he'll go number two. But um, uh, I've heard from a pretty good source that Bedard will resist going to Arizona if they win the lottery. Now, uh, how that uh, affects anything we're talking about, I don't know, but I have heard that. This doesn't want to play in a college rink? <laughs> if he wanted to do that, he could play college hockey. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's a really good point. Hey, you bring up uh, the, the Fantilli kid out of Michigan, and I, I think that's that's what's important here in Columbus. And, and, and I keep telling people, look, 
even if you don't win the lottery, what's important is if you finish at the bottom, you can pick no lower than third overall. And after Fantilli, there's that Lucas Carlson, who's the uh, Swedish centerman, who's a big guy. Mark, you know, because the Penguins and the Blue Jackets have been in the division now together for enough years. Uh, this is a team that is in desperate need of a centerman. They need more than one. But right now, you need a centerman. You need a franchise guy. Uh, since Pierre-Luc Dubois left, uh, they haven't had that. So that's what's really important for this franchise. Yeah, no question. And it's a center's league more than ever. That's the position matters most after goaltending. And I'm not so sure it doesn't matter as much as goaltending now with scoring around the league in the ascendancy. So, yeah, if you guys get one of those three, I don't think you're quite as bad as your record this season. Although after 82 games, the record never lies. I expected a bit better, though, didn't you guys? I mean, didn't, didn't how far the Blue Jackets fell kind of – didn't that come as a bit of a surprise? Well, you don't go out and spend $9.75 million on one guy during the summer figuring you're going to finish last when the season comes, right? Yeah, by the same token, you get a center to play with him, boy. Maybe you're talking. Yeah, I know. I had uh, I was talking with uh, Tim Benz, one of your cohorts there in Pittsburgh, and he said if the Blue Jackets were to get Connor Bedard, uh, could you see that accelerating the process? And I said, well, if you got Connor Bedard or even Fantilli, you could immediately plop him in between Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine, and that's something a lot of teams don't have the ability to do. Right, exactly. And, and by the way, I would love to see Bedard go to Columbus. I think that's an excellent hockey market. I, I, I think, like, I put it this way. You guys know where I don't want him to go, don't you? Anaheim. Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no way, no way. I, I would, and if he does go there, I hope he fails miserably. <laughs> I mean, I just, that, you know, that, that's my feeling toward that, the Flyers. That could, cut, that could cut into your T-shirt sales. Oh, no. All I need is two more years for the 50th anniversary, and then I have the biggest T-shirt bonanza ever. Mark sells uh, uh, T-shirts or gives away. I don't know what you do with them. But anyway, what? what uh, when Have you ever seen the well, Flyers I've done, win I've the done Cup? Three, I've done three. The first one was, have you ever seen the Flyers win the Cup? Hashtag uh, uh, 1975. I did one, eat, sleep, no cup, repeat. All these are in orange and black. I forget what the third one was, but it's equally insulting. Hey, if you grew up like me, guys, in Pittsburgh, where the Flyers beat the crap out of you for years, not just on the scoreboard, but physically, and we didn't win a game in Philadelphia from 74 through 89, you'd feel the same way. One of my most fond memories of, of, uh, the, the, of, the, of covering the Penguins, because I've been there you know, as a spectator or media since the first day, I went to a game when I was six years old. And um, in 08, when we um, made the finals, we lost to Detroit, but we beat Philadelphia in the uh, conference final. Uh, six games. In the sixth game, uh, Pittsburgh won six zip over the Flyers. And Ryan Malone, who was the son of a former Penguin player, Craig Malone, who absorbed a lot of that Flyer abuse, you know, uh, Ryan Malone grew up in Pittsburgh. He scored two goals in that game. And even though it was an unprofessional moment, he and I, like, hugged in the locker room like we had won the Little League World Series <laughs> because we got it. More than maybe anybody there, we got what that meant. It was the handshake line we'd waited our whole lives for. That was just an amazing moment. I hate the Flyers. I mean, whatever bad happens to them, I've said stuff. Back in the days when you could say anything on the radio, I said stuff about them I could get fired for now. So we won't relive those. But they were pretty funny, too. Well, the passion of the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers, I got to live the other side of that. 
and it was fun to go into to Pittsburgh and 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 see the raucous atmosphere, and you could feel it on the ice, Mark. The oh, that's uh, right. You're kind of a flyer guy, right? Uh, it's three years, but you yeah, know, the hell with you. <laughs> you still there? But you know, I am. I am. Go but, ahead. No, but you you can feel it in Pittsburgh. It, it's uh. I don't know, and it's one of the great rivals in in sports, I think, and and it's the passion that you talk about that you know exactly what you said. You feel it, and I think you feel it with the Steelers. You feel it with the Pirates. I mean, that's a well, wonderful... well, well, well. The Steelers, Steelers. Yeah. Okay, it's a great uh, sport, Pirates, sports market. The Pirates are off to a hot start, but you know, I don't care. I mean, I barely <laughs> talk about them on my show, but uh, yeah, but you know, Torch seems dialed in as the guy who's going to lead the Flyers out of the woods. And the thing with Torts is, and you guys, I would hope, agree with this, he can only get you so far before he wears you out. And I think as long as they use him for the turnaround and move on, he could really help them. But but I don't think it can go further than that. He'd be good in Pittsburgh. Oh, God, I'd quit. <laughs> you would not. You would no, not. Actually, that's not true. Actually, that's not true. Him and Sully. Uh, I, it would be very entertaining when we would be excellent rivals. Because let me tell you what he would have with me. He'd have the first guy who talked back. There you go. And you know what? Like He, he gave he, he gave uh, a guy from the Flyers, asked him a question. Uh, Carcini, Sam Carcini. Yeah. Asked him about why he doesn't have a captain. Yesterday. And yeah. like went into him. I would light right back. I saw I saw Sam at the, in the meal line last night, and I didn't know that that interaction happened. And I said, "Sam, how's Torts?" And he rolled his eyes. He said, "He's wearing me out." He said, "This is my last season of this. <laughs> He's going to move on to something else." Not sure it was the well, Torts, Sam, but it's Sam's also the guy who Sam tweeted way back when. Remember in that playoff series? I think it was twenty fourteen yes. or thirteen, whenever it was. He tweeted that Crosby had passed the baton to Giroux. Didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> That's the game that. Uh, uh, Drew lined up Crosby off the opening faceoff. Yeah, yeah, he, he, Drew, give me a break, average player. <laughs> Mark, one last thing for you before we go. The Boston Bruins have been tremendous throughout the course of the regular season. They are deep. They seem to have everything. Are they going to win the Stanley Cup? You know, they're in a position that, that the Penguins were in in 1993 where we won the President's Trophy and we ended the season with, I think it was a 19-21, whatever it was, game winning streak that set a record. It's really tough when people think you should win. Could win is a long way from should win. Uh, do I think they're the best team? Yeah, I do think that. I'm not sure I 100% trust Linus Olmark in the playoffs, even though he's had a great season and will probably win the Vezina. Um I think the best thing that could happen for them would be if Tampa Bay beat Toronto because Tampa's got to wear out at some point having been in three straight finals. And they're going to have a tough path, though. I think the Eastern Conference is full of uh, of teams that not should beat them but, but could certainly challenge them. But do I think they're the best team? Yes, I do. Uh, I've got one more for you, too. Sorry, Mark. I, I, the Pittsburgh Penguins have been in the playoffs for 16 seasons. Do I have that right? Correct. Correct. And Malkin and Latang have not played a game when not being in playoff contention until this season. That, that's right. If uh, if uh, Montreal loses the Islanders tonight, the game against Columbus Thursday will be the first time that Latang and Malkin have played a, a totally meaningless game for the Penguins. 
It's incredible the run you guys have had there, and I'm just wondering, you talked about fatigue with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Have you seen that? I mean, you, that's obviously a very real thing, but do you remember seeing those things happen with the Pittsburgh Penguins? And That's a phenom- That's the longest run in sports history, right, of all four uh, four major league sports? I, I, can tell you, I can tell you when we definitely had fatigue. It was in 2010 because we, we had a younger team. We had made the final in 08, won the Cup in 09, Lost the second round to Montreal in 2010 in seven games. Lost game seven at home. And I remember, and this was off the record, but I'm sure Sid wouldn't mind me saying it now. I remember, because, like, I forget the brackets, but whoever they would have played next would have struck me as a favorable matchup. And I said to Sid, I go, boy, it's a shame that uh, that we didn't win this game because we would have had, you know, a good chance to keep going. He goes, nah. He goes, would have lost. He goes, we're just all in. We're, we're totally beat. He goes, we had a lot of guys who played in the Olympics, too. We're just done. So there you go. He is Mark Madden. He hosts the show every day from 3 to 6 on the flagship station of the Pittsburgh Penguins, 105.9 The X. Mark, thanks for joining us. Glad we could get you on before this season finally came to an end. Thank you, guys. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Stay tuned. The Inside Edge continues right after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. Getting set to wrap up this week's show. Got to tell you, right before we do, that uh, new 2023-2024 Blue Jackets ticket plans are on sale. They started just eight. They started just 11 games. Well, you do when when I try to read without my glasses, I just can't do it. They start at 11 games, and you can choose the seats that you want, the games that you want, and you can save up to 28 percent. For details, go to bluejackets.com/ticketplans. Never used to have the gla- have to have the glasses smooth, on, but it's just it's not smooth at all. It's you know what? It's eighty games in smooth, really bumpy. Yeah, <laughs> eighty games in for a team that is struggling to stay yeah. in last place. It's it's bumpy. Um, Mark Madden has great insights on the Penguins. Uh, great insights on on the National Hockey League. The guy is just a bona fide hockey fan. And one of the things I love that he said was uh, about the Blue Jackets, how great it would be if they were to land that first overall pick and, and get a franchise-changing player like Connor Bedard. And, of course, for a couple of years, it would be a nice rivalry there with, with Pittsburgh where you have the aging Sidney Crosby and the young rookie Connor Bedard playing each other four times a year. Yeah, I mean, I, and Mark Madden, it's always fun to talk to him. He's got a, uh, a strong opinion, and obviously we talked about the passion of a Pittsburgh penguin fan and he he showed it you could hear it come through the speakers of, of the radio and he is a super genius <laughs> yeah, i've talked you. to him about that yeah. he is he has the numbers to be qualified as a super genius you can tell by his memory of details of of things that have, hap- have happened with the penguins and you know I, I enjoyed having him on for his opinions whether you agree with him or not he he sticks with what he believes in in there and i agree the insight i, I was fascinated by the the details of the fatigue and how he said that about Tampa, because I agree. And then you're right, the market of Columbus. And, and it just shows you how, you know, and, and I like that because recently I've been in the NHL network and, I, you know, as we travel uh, travel around to different buildings, I hear the same sentiment about, I hope you guys get Bedard. There's a few reasons. Keep him in the Eastern Conference so we can all see him play hockey at 7 o'clock in the evening, not tucked away in Anaheim. And and that's not fair to them because, you know, they want him just as bad. But that's a logistics and a selfish reason for everyone out here in the East. Think about the teams that are around here. Detroit, Pittsburgh, they're, they're close in vicinity. You've got the Eastern Shoreboard with New York, an hour flight. 
it would create this completely circus atmosphere with Columbus, but also put it on the map. As, and Toronto's only six hours away. You know, Ottawa's right there. So it's DC, more central. you're going to have the Ovechkin thing still More central. And, 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 you know, there's some admiration for the organization from the outside, which I love hearing from other people. We just heard from Mark Madden on that. As far as the city and, you know, the 2015 All-Star Game was a great NHL event. And everybody still talks about how great of a city this is and the organization and how the, the, the city is set up uh, around the arena and, and how it's grown. And, you know, there's a lot to like here. And from an outsider's perspective, they have a tremendous amount of respect for the organization, understand the hardships of the season with the injuries, and hope that it's worth this tough season. Uh, there's no one that is that is that I've met that is pulling against the Blue Jackets to get the number one overall pick and hopefully, it's, you know, and, and get Connor Bedard. All right, let's take a look at the league and what's going on. As we talked about with Mark Madden, if the New York Islanders beat the Montreal Canadiens tonight, the Islanders are in, and the playoff picture will be set in the Eastern Conference. I, or I should say the teams are going to be set, right, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Florida clinched their spot. There's one that we talked about all year. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, yep. you kept on saying, I think they're going to make it. They're going to make it. They do. Somehow they do at the very end. They're Alex Lyon. Yeah, It's right. not Sergei Bobrovsky. It's right. Alex Lyon. They have a 30-year-old goaltender who's, I think now he's played 30-something NHL games. Uh, he's been on a seven-game tear. And think about that, a rallying point for that team. They get the saves. They get consistency. Bobrovsky's worked his way back. Now he's practicing. Looks like he's backed up the past few games. And teams like that I go back to 2010 when the Philadelphia Flyers were uh, a team that underachieved the entire year they had dysfunction off the ice there were so many things going on and they got in in a shoot uh, shootout in game 82 against the New York Rangers and they went all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost to Chicago and there is some magic and there's something to be said for experience. Go back to Tampa getting swept by the Blue Jackets, and they credit that for them changing their organization and winning two Stanley Cups and being to the finals now three years in a row. Uh, those things happen, and you look back and say, but that was the best thing for us. You have to struggle in the regular season. Now, if you're Boston, I think that they're, they know what they are. So will they have problems if they get down 2 nothing? Maybe. I mean, maybe they'll see their warts. But I look at the team like Florida. They're too good. Uh, to be in that position, not to be in the playoffs. Um, now, do they do they exhale because it's been such? They've been in playoff mode for a long time. Well, since Chris, they were nine out at the new year, uh, almost like that. Remember the year that the uh, St. Louis Blues were one of the worst teams in the league, and then they came back and and won the Stanley Cup that year, made a couple changes. So there's a lot. The, the eighty two. What I'm trying to say is the, the regular season is a process. You have to learn what you are in that in that time. And there are teams now that have been a little bit stagnant. You look at Toronto and Tampa waiting to play each other in the first round. They've known since November that that was going to be the matchup. That's harder than what the Philadelphia Flyers, have, or sorry, the uh, Florida Panthers have gone through here. So they squeak in. The Islanders will be a team. I mean, how are they? Tonight is it. I mean, they, they understand they've got to win tonight's game. They get in. They're a team that some teams aren't going to want to face. Carolina's sputtered now. Svechnikov's yeah, I, out. I wanted to bring that up because Carolina is one point ahead of New Jersey. Yeah. And the matchups tomorrow night are this. Uh, Carolina is uh, going to be taking on the Florida Panthers, and that is a road game. That's in Florida. 
And the Devils are on the road as well. They are in Washington, a non-playoff team, but a division team nonetheless. Oh, they just took down. They, they just upset the apple cart on um, – they played the other night. They they upset – was it Pittsburgh? Yeah, who they beat up on uh, – they scored five on somebody and beat them, right? Just, they scored five right away. Was it the yeah. Islanders? Islanders. Yeah. Yes, that's who it was. So those games are going to be interesting to watch tomorrow night. Yes. Who's going to be at the top of the Metro, right? Who's going to get the, the wild card team? Who's going to get the Rangers? Yeah, the seedings now. I mean, and you would have thought Carolina would have ran away with that about a month ago, maybe a little bit more. But now things have tightened up. You look at L.A., they were up there, and they're still chasing Vegas. Those teams in the West are chasing what that number one seed. So all those positions come down to game 82 except Toronto-Tampa. And I still think that – I don't think Tampa comes out of that series. I think Toronto's going to beat them. I mean, I'm impressed with how Toronto – attacks the offensive zone. They've got a real calculated, almost a scientific approach where they're not going to waste a shot on net. They have these plays where if you have the puck, you have to hold on to it and wait for a screen or kind of a change of attack angle pass, and and they're good at it. And and I think they're ready. They're rested. They've had the ability to rest some players. Vasilevsky's not playing great right now. I mean, and we just spoke with Mark Madden about this. There is the fatigue, and it's not just physical. There's a mental grind in the first round, and they're going to hit it hard. 13 points now separates those two teams. Not That's that crazy. long ago, there was like four points right. where they were trying to decide who was going to have home ice and who wasn't. Now it's – You can't casually walk into the playoffs. I don't care. You know, it's – you're not the team from last year. And I know they've got Point, who's now again put up almost 50 goals in the league. They've got some good players, but – I just think that there's an energy and an attitude with teams who have something to prove, uh, and I feel like Tampa doesn't have that right now. Over in the West, Colorado is a one point ahead of Dallas. Each have two games left to play uh, to decide the Central Division there. Vegas, there are two points up on Edmonton. Right now it's Edmonton-LA in the first round of that one. Seattle and Winnipeg have uh, clinched the wild card spot. Seattle, that's a team that you weren't sold on, but they found a way to get in. You know what? I thought they surprised teams early in the year. Second-year team, or, you know, it's kind of like, what are they? But they have played. They remind me a little bit of Carolina in the fact that they play a four-line, six-defenseman system. And they have an energy in the building now at home that is magic out there. They're, they're, they're hard to play against. So, you know, when you have those teams that churn like a well-oiled machine, they just keep coming at you and coming at you you got to respect what they've done. And Oliver Bjorkstrand now, we know how streaky he is. He's putting pucks in the back of the net. Alex Wenberg has found a good role out there. So good on Seattle to get in. And, and again, a team with nothing to lose in the playoffs, who knows what they are, could be dangerous. And they did nothing at the deadline. Yeah. And I like that because they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. Barring a miracle, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup. But they can take a young team and they can get it into the playoffs and they can get some confidence and they can get their fans excited and then they can build off of that. They didn't have to spend one bit of capital this year in a draft to try to get there. Ron Francis showing the patient approach. Obviously, he's got the green light from the ownership to do that. Here it is year two. They're in the playoffs. Don't spend your picks. Hold on to them and just go ahead and build. And right now they're going to match up against Vegas if everything stays the same, and you don't want to play them. Because they got nothing, nothing to lose, and you know I don't think they get past the Edmonton Oilers. They're too, they're just, they're dangerous, and you know they're winning games now two one. You know they're they're not having to outscore and having Connor McDavid be the star that he is. Leon Dreisaitl, 
Yeah, well, he's got 150 points on, on this. Oh, I mean, it's crazy what he's doing out there. And he wants to win a Stanley Cup. And when you have Crosby or or um, Taze and Kane, motivated superstars that have been in the league for a little bit that want nothing more than win a cup, I think their their goaltending looks good. Skinner's get got his game back. So I don't think I think Seattle might get out of the first round. But I think uh, I, I think Edmonton's going to be the the buzzsaw. All right. It'll be fun to watch, and the playoffs will be getting underway next week, and uh, we will see what happens with that. I want to, again, remind you, tomorrow the Blue Jackets at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins, 7 o'clock game at Nationwide Arena. The game is presented by Nationwide. They'll be recognizing the agency of the game, Malholtra and Associates Insurance Agency. To get your tickets, go to bluejackets.com slash tickets. Thanks to Mark Madden for being our guest tonight. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long, and thanks for listening to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan.